Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. Yeah, dig it. This is not Randy Savage because, unfortunately, he's gone. <clears throat> but this is Shad doing a Randy Savage impression. I want to thank you all for joining us. I'm here tonight with Matt and Brad in our first show of the new year. How are you guys doing? You know, ever since <laughs> you did that one... This is way back. I think when you were talking about him on Good Morning America, like I do my shitty Randy Savage impersonation in my cubicle at work all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm hell on wheels, wheels in the kitchen, brother. Yeah. What about you, Matt? <laughs> I'm doing good. We need at one point we need like some back and forth between Randy Savage and Terry Funk. <laughs> We'll have us. God damn it, Randy. <laughs> yeah, I told you what I was supposed to start off the show. When you you that, don't understand. And then, and when then you I did... hit you over the, the face. I hit you in the face with a piece of table that <laughs> I was just lying around. For I giggled for days when you were like, Terry, Tommy Dreamer, you're a goddamn, like, I don't really bitch. Yes, he's that. a goddamn asshole. <laughs> what, yeah. did he, what did he say? I, I kind of blocked that from my. Yeah, I don't God know, damn but coward, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, that was Tommy, it. Tommy, you're a it. coward. Yeah, that was it. Oh, your voice is for him is just fantastic. Oh, anyway, so it's the first show of the new year, and we decided that the best way to start off is we're going to look and see what all was was out there for us last year, and we're going to put our favorites at the top. We're going to award some rewards out there for those that we the illustrious unprecedented unmatched four corners podcast awards for 2018 i know or these is, are the uh, kinds of, go ahead Chad, if i like to call them the cornies the cornies <laughs> <laughs> which at this point if i could do it this would be the perfect opportunity to, to throw in a jim Cornette impression but you just have to go high-pitched we're, we're I don't feel like I don't feel like I can quite do that at this point. I need to I need to study Jim Cornette a little longer before I can try <laughs> yeah. to that out. That's, yeah, you got that's my Jim Cornette impersonation. Yeah, you got to cough a lot, and it's boys. I don't think the University of Alabama Crimson Tide could catch me like they catch the girls at the football game, but um, we'll have to we'll have to work on that. Uh, anyway, the cornies, the four corners cornies. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than the Dundies because we're not in the Chili's, and I don't feel God in this Chili's tonight. Anyway, for those of you listening at home, we're going to give you a um, we're going to give you a, just a second to grab a pen and a piece of paper so you can write this down because we want to hear what your responses to this would be. We want to hear what your answers would be, and so here are <clears throat> our categories. For the first ever, Cornies, uh, Wrestler of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Comeback of the Year, Most Improved of the Year, Match of the Year, Show of the Year, and Promotion of the Year. So there you go. There's our categories for the first ever uh, Cornies. And... <clears throat> We'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll start off with Wrestler of the Year. Now, we're throwing this open across all companies and that sort of stuff. 
Um, it's a good thing we're doing it now because if we'd done it a few years ago, I'd just try and plug myself repeatedly because that's what you do if you're still active in the business. But um, wrestler of the year, I want to start with Matt on this and and here, Matt, who who do you think would be your pick for wrestler of the year? Uh, so this is tough because um, I could it could go with person who's had like the best overall year i wish there's probably like a few people who are in that contention or they could go with someone who kind of i feel just has blown up um maybe this is just my personal preferences because i've grown very fond of this person but uh for me i feel like this is going to be controversial because i think there's a lot of people who would probably choose someone else but for me i'm going to choose the man Becky Lynch uh, hasn't that doesn't had the, surprise me on that pick. I, I, I understand why. I want to. I'd like for you to articulate more on that point, please. There are people who have had better matches consistently over the the course of the year, but I feel like that's because they've had better opponents to deal with. But I think overall, uh, I don't know. I feel we talked about it last episode. I feel Becky Lynch. Um, she's very talented in the ring. She's one of the best, certainly one of the best female workers. Actually, I would stretch that one of the best workers overall in the WWE. Um, but in terms of her character, her promo work, her social media, like the entire package, like she is hitting on all cylinders. And I really feel like it, it's like lightning in a bottle. Like they've, they have, again, has stumbled upon something that, I hope they are able to capitalize on it, but uh, to me, like she is one of the biggest things, especially with the WWE. It's not even just like, is this entertaining? Is this person like doing good work? It's like, is this a compelling person? Are they compelling? Am I like waiting to see what they're going to do with this character or what this individual is going to do next? Like, they, what, how are they going to promote themselves? What are they going to bust out in their next match? Um, and there's only a few people out there, even though there's a lot of great wrestling and great talent out there there's there's a far more narrow list of people who i feel you could throw in that sort of contention as to like who who am i like waiting on the edge of my seat to see what they're going to do next uh and i at the moment like i'm really i'm really just feeling becky lynch the man because i feel like it's her work is great her promos are amazing like she's compelling she's fascinating uh, have you had a chance to see the the WWE Chronicle with her? Not yet. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting to watch it. I've seen clips. It's that's just that's good. That's fascinating. It's, I mean, she's just like, again, like uh, right now she's at the top of the company, or, or very near at the top. So that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Becky Lynch. All right. Good. Great. Great rationale there. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Brad, who would you... I waffled back and forth on this one a lot, and um, I ended up going with Kenny Omega is my wrestler of the year. Uh, I am justifying that on his match at Dominion with Okada is probably arguably one of the best matches of all time, and he also had a great match with Jericho at um, Wrestle Kingdom, and... On top of that, he's become the top Gaijin talent in the top promotion in 
New Japan, which is the best promotion in Japan. Yeah, he was my runner-up, and it's he's an easy one to give it to just because the man is has put on an unbelievable amount of good matches this year. Yeah, and it says a lot that he can actually draw, he can actually sell tickets in the United States, which is a very rare talent, and I would say only one other person can sell tickets on their name alone. Yeah, it, it's it's that that's a big deal, um, especially when you know you're doing your work overseas. Yeah, and when you're a, and when you're in company with John Cena is the only other person, you're a big deal. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I thought about Omega, um, but I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was familiar enough with his work to pull the trigger on him um my pick is going to be someone i've been a fan of for almost 20 years at this point uh, i'm actually going to be saying aj styles is my pick mm. of the year aj you know came in he came into the company what a couple of years ago and he, he didn't start off um, like a shot, you know, I'll be honest, kind of the way I had wanted him to, because I've been a fan of AJ since the uh, air raid days. But this past year, AJ Styles held the title for, what, 371 days? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, he had a year-long title run. He had a series of compelling storylines and really good matches and as he says you know smackdown is the house that aj built he is he he took what was considered the b show and in my opinion made it the show to watch so you know to do all of that stuff um as a guy who made his name elsewhere and then came to work for vince and then to do all of that um yeah, that for me, that's uh, that's who I'm going to say my wrestler of the year is. I would say he stands out because in a, I would say a generally a down year for the WWE ring work wise. He was one of the few guys, other than probably New Day and the Usos, that was like a guaranteed good match every time out. Yeah, there there's there's some guys who were reliably but i wouldn't say guaranteed um you know for example uh anytime samoa joe went out there you could be pretty sure it was going to be good but it just didn't have the same guarantee that aj did and then you put the two of them together and it's just awesome so uh yeah that's my pick yeah i mean even though i chose becky lynch is mine um it, it's it's really hard to argue that aj hasn't been essentially like the mvp of the WWE for last year. Like, he's done everything they've asked of him. He's put on great matches uh, night after night. He's even great. I mean, uh, why wouldn't he be? But he's even great on, like, house show matches, which, you know, not that you're going to dog it on house show matches, but you're not performing in front of tens of thousands of people and millions of people watching worldwide at a house show. You're just doing Let's it be honest. a few thousand people. Yeah. But If you were going to take it easy somewhere, that'd be the place to do it. Right. 
And even AJ's AJ's promos aren't his strongest suit, and they've still been good. He, so he's good enough to get it. Get well, I'm not across. saying I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying in comparison to everything else he does, those aren't his strong point. You know, he doesn't have like the the social media game that Becky Lynch does, but you know his his promos have been good too. So he just whole package. That's my. Yeah, I'd go with that. So, that's um, that's interesting. You know, we all three of us came up with different people for very compelling reasons. I think they're all three good picks. I um, I do want to give an honorable mention to Okada because I feel like he deserves, he at least deserved to have his name mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Okada's part of what's given Omega the springboard to where he is now, isn't it? Yep. You know, I I actually looked this up um, a couple days ago, uh, just because I was you know kind of looking uh, at what the card for Wrestle Kingdom is going to be, and I went to to see just how old Akata is for whatever reason. I am shocked at how young he is. Our next corny uh, goes to tag <laughs> team of the year. Oh, so we're running with that. We're running. I dude, that's such a good <laughs> idea that it's. Duck. Oh, good because because I mean, my pi- my pick for this one is gonna piss him the fuck off. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> then why don't you go first? Okay, so it's a bit of hack, but I've kind of liked the evolution of their game this year. Um, I've really enjoyed like I enjoyed their match at Dominion a lot and their match at Wrestle Kingdom a lot, and um, some of the selling and storytelling they've been doing this year, and um, actually. Some of their matches with the Golden Lovers, but I am going to hand mine over to the Young okay. Bucks. Young Bucks. Okay. All right. Why would that yeah. piss me off? <laughs> Not you, Corny. Oh, Corny. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean... Uh, oh, yeah, that would piss him off, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about something that has an argument for being Feud of the Year, uh, Bullet Club versus Golden Lovers really... Um, would be in there. Their mm-hmm. match at Dominion with um, Evil and Sonata was really good. Their match with Rapungi 3K was really good. And like I said, um, what show is there? Was a match with the Golden Lovers that was really good too, that I enjoyed heavily. Okay. Well, um, Matt, who do you have as your tag team of the year? So, actually, if you. To be honest, my my topic was the Young Bucks as well. Um, they just had a tremendous year. Um, they've had numerous great matches. Um, they're going to be starting the new year off with a bang too by uh, participating in the Wrestle Kingdom, uh, a triple threat for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. But uh, if I want to go something fresh, if I because Brad's already chose them, uh, I'll go with like an honorable mention. Okay. Um, I I haven't seen a lot of uh, or enough of the the 2018 World Tag League, but just overall, based upon the work that they've done in the last year, uh, I think Evil and Sonata uh, with New Japan uh, has been they've been tremendous. I think they yeah. they Brad, if I'm not wrong, didn't they repeat winning the Tag League? Yep, they won it this year. Yeah, and they won it the previous year as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, Evil and Sonata, just two guys who are actually ex- like very good on their own, 
but make it an actually like great tag team. Their chemistry is, is pretty on par. And I think this is kind of what we were talking about in the last episode when we're talking about how New Japan is really good about taking guys and working them in the tag team scene. Because Evil and Sonata are both really good singles workers. Like, they're very talented. But uh, as a team, they're even better. So, okay. good choice. So, people who haven't uh, had a chance to see them, uh, I strongly encourage trying to to signing up for the the New Japan World service uh, and trying to scope out their matches. It's it's definitely worth your time. Yeah, and it's if you're if you're wondering, it's in yen. So, I think when I check my bank account, it's usually like seven between seven eighty to eight fifty a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was going to give it to the Bucks, not even for their in-ring stuff, but for everything else they've been doing this year. But since you guys have all have both already said that, then I'm going to rattle off. I thought about rattling off some stuff as troll picks, and I couldn't bring myself to do it because I was going to sit here and say, the B-Team, Sanity, Enzo and Cass. The revival, and just work my way down until one of you is just like, "What? What is wrong with you?" I I couldn't bring myself to do it. So, <laughs> it looks like we actually all kind of came to uh, agreement on tag team of the year. I would, even if it was for different reasons. If I was if I was to give an honorable mention out, I would pick Undisputed Era with Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. Hmm. I'm honestly i'm expecting some more big stuff from roderick strong in the future because the dude like i remember seeing him in ring of honor what 10 years ago or something and he looked like a fresh-faced kid but he's to me he's got the look he can work i just i'm i'm looking forward to big things from him um okay our next one i kind of have the suspicion that we're going to agree on this a lot too but um, it's going to be uh, Rookie of the Year. So are you pondering what I'm pondering, Pinky? Do we just want to go around the table and say who it is real quick? Yeah, I was going to say Rhonda. What were you going to say, Brad? Rhonda. Or are you going to say Matt? Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, really, or let's be fair for a second, because we really should break this down, not just being fanboys or anything like that. Rhonda came in and her first match was at Mania and it was really good. And I have not seen Rhonda in a bad match yet. Um, she even even I know that they, they're being done in such a way to accentuate strengths and stuff like that. But, you know, you would expect that if she went out there to have a match with certain people, it could be bad. But she has not dropped the ball. She's worked hard. I just wish she would get a pair of knee pads because I cringe when wrestlers don't wear knee pads. I think there's I think there's some smoke and mirrors to to it, which is good agenting and stuff like that. But I would agree with you. She hasn't had a bad match yet. And I think I think Matt and I are in particular were very doubtful of her with some of these matches. And I think there came a point, especially at evolution when she drug something good out of Nikki Bella that we said, you know what, we're not going to doubt her anymore. Yeah. Out of Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and consider she's had two pretty good matches with Naya as well. So, um, yeah. And 
yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with that. <clears throat> Do you think it'll you know, we didn't really talk about this. Uh did you guys see the the Ronda Naya match at TLC? I did. What is what were your thoughts on that? Uh, it was pretty good. Um they were doing a lot to try and and build to uh, Naya's right hand as the face breaker thing, mm-hmm. which look, I'm not I'm not tickled about the circumstances around it, but you know, to pick up and run with something like that, that seems, that, you know, that's smart. That's good gimmick work. And so much of what was going on is Nia trying to wind up for that. And um, Rhonda either dodging it or handling it. And she handled it really well. And that's how the finish of the match came down. Like, Nia was going to wind up with it, and Rhonda hooks it. And Nia keeps trying to pull her arm free, and Rhonda won't do it. Rhonda won't do it until Nia's off balance and puts her down. And goes for the uh, goes for the armbar, so you, you, it was it was good. It, there was coherent story to it. You know, not a whole lot I can complain about. You know. Yeah, I actually feel it was one of the better Nia matches, and that is saying something because it's not us sitting here saying you know Ronda Rousey in her rookie year. It's like oh, it was one of her better matches. Like she was pulled to a good match by a more experienced worker. Yeah, it's the opposite. I feel like she she was the one pulling something out of Nia and like making that match. And again, you're like, I think Brad, you're right that there is there is a little bit of smoke and mirrors because obviously they want to protect her. But I think she's been holding up her end of the bargain more than uh, I mean, more than sufficiently. I mean, when yeah. when you're comparing when when the best non Ronda Nia matches with Oscar, like I mean, eh, <laughs> there's. There's there's something a little more than smoke and mirrors because I mean you're talking about an elite level worker in Oscar getting something good out of her and a rookie in Ronda getting something good out of her so yeah yeah that's true I kind of wonder kinda... with the, uh-huh. between the two just it popped in my head I wonder if maybe Naya doesn't have to hold back as much and that's why those matches are a little better because mm. it's not kind of like walking on eggshells because of um worrying about injuring someone. <laughs> well, that's terrifying. No, but I mean, like, yeah. but I yeah. mean, like, I mean, like she doesn't have to slow down. Like she can, she can be a little stiff with them. She doesn't have to worry about like, maybe not, you know, about where her weight placement is and things like that. Because, you know, Rhonda's a beast and, you know, Oscar's worked with Aja Kong. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. What were you going to say, Matt? Uh, I feel like I've lost my I lost my train of thought. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just with everything going on, Ronda's come in with like the same kind of similar kind of talent to what Kurt Angle came in with, and that's um, just been really impressive to see. Yeah, they've been kind of catering to her on that, but. You said, Matt, she's holding up her end, and it's I been kinda, good. Yeah, I actually regained my train of thought. I didn't know what I was going to say, because we talked about her last uh, episode, and Brad brought up the point that she's arguably not over as quite to the level at, in terms of like how big of a star they want her to be. She's definitely over, but mm-hmm. she's not like at the like superstar level they want her to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think part of that it's a little bit unfair to her, but it's because like as good as I feel she is in the ring, it's obvious that she's still 
learning everything. Mm-hmm. Like she's learning how to connect with the crowd. She's learning how to do promos. She's learning how the in-ring part. And obviously, it's no surprise that for someone who has a background in combat sports, that the in-ring part is the thing that she actually is able to get more mm-hmm. quickly. Um, so we're kind of it's 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 a weird area that she's in because we're like seeing her progress, but she's also like very much like learning everything in real time in front of us. So I guess I kind of give her a few breaks on that end. Like I don't need her to be. She suffers from a lack of interesting opponents too. That does hurt her. Yeah. We talked about that last episode. Like they could easily bring in like interesting opponents for even just short runs. Yeah. Rhonda could be a bigger star than she is now with a little more careful booking. But even with what she has now, she's been doing great. So, and she's over too, minus the response from uh, Survivor Series. But anyway, uh, the next uh, award we have, the next corny, uh, is the <laughs> is the comeback of the year. Um, now, Brad, I know you've got a you got a pretty pretty defined pick on this so we'll have you go first what would you say your comeback of the year is um well there's two i was gonna go with chris jericho originally because his new japan run has been pretty remarkable but that was because i was actually forgetting the real comeback of the year which is pco there the man who literally no one or or as i call him pico i call him (laughs) Like literally this time last year, no yeah. one, no one was saying anything about PCO, and suddenly, like he came out of nowhere with these strange YouTube videos and started getting a little bit of hype. And then he had that match with Walter at Joey Janela's Spring Break, and it was like he was everywhere all of a sudden. So, Brad, I know you've talked, you've hyped that match up a lot to me and and Chad. And I want you to know, I watched that match yesterday. And what um, did you think? It was insane. I don't... It. I was, like, marking out, but I was also, like, almost, like, biting my, my fingernails in fear. Because, like, like, PCO, why are you doing this? It was... Why are, he's... How big is he? He's, like, a 300-pound dude who is, like, jacked to the gills. And he's getting up on the top rope and doing moonsaults outside and he's doing it where he's just like blindly doing it like it like he didn't even like i don't even think in that spot he even hit walter like the ref had to run and save (laughs) yeah no i mean it it's not i would there were better matches than it that year but it is that match is probably the most pro wrestling thing i've ever seen in my entire life like just it's insane (laughs) it's full of insane spots He's and just doing like shit his... off the top rope. He's 300 pounds. I, he did a split-legged moonsault. He did. I forgot about that. He literally did a Van Damme split-legged moonsault. I'm not even joking. And he's 300 pounds. And, and he's 50. And, I mean, his chest, like, Shad, I'm not kidding. Like, you know how sometimes guys get their chest gets a little red? Oh, his, no. His yeah. chest was black. Good Lord. Like, I mean, Walter... Walter was chopping the shit out of him. Oh, yeah, like... And the scary thing is that Walter Walter was chopping him, and it it made 
you know, like the big meaty slap. But he didn't even look like he was hitting him that hard. Yeah. Like he did, but not I like mean, a, a really good. I mean, a really good chop, and you don't have to hit that hard. But, jeez. But like, I went into that, and people had hyped it up to me. Yeah. And, and like you know, you when people hype something, like oh, you know, this is probably not going to be as insane as they are, and like you're literally like five minutes into this, and you're enthralled by it, and it just keeps getting more and more insane. Wow. Because like he just. It's just like a blatant disregard for his own safety to entertain a crowd. Yeah, it's it is a fascinating match. It's not the best match you're gonna see, but it's the most memorable. If I was creating, oh yeah, if I was creating like a best of list, like if I was back in the old days, I'm burning a comp. I would have to include that match. It is just fascinating, and you're right. It's like this is everything pro wrestling. Just two big dudes, like, beating the shit out of each other. One dude doing crazy stuff for no good reason other than, like, he's willing to put his body on the line for the fans. It, it's it's such a fascinating match. It is. I'm, I can't wait for Shad to see it and comment on it because, like, it's just... It, it, it literally is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And it, he's a good choice for comeback. He really is. Because you're right, Brad, like, no... When were people talking about PCO until this match? Like this match, and all of a sudden, everyone's talking about it. And when I, when I heard about it, people were like, "Oh, PCO, PCO." I'm like, "Who the hell's PCO? I've never heard of this guy." And then I see pictures of him, and I'm like, "Well, it's like a big dude. He looks older. Like, where where has he been?" And they're like, "Oh no, no, this is uh, this is Carl Willett." I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? The Quebecer, <laughs> the Quebecer guy?" And it is. It's one of the same. Wow. Yeah. It, it like, blew my mind. It still blows my mind. The split-legged moonsault, like, I was just like, holy fuck, like, you did not just do that. Yeah. I, even if, I don't have anything that could compare to that, so I'm actually just going to go ahead and pass on my comeback of the year pick. Literally, Shad, like, he... Like, okay, the moonsault off the top rope, like, like, to the floor is crazy, but you could kind of understand it. But he's, like, going up, and you're like, oh, he's going for another moonsault. And then he goes down, and you're like, that 50-year-old man just did a split-legged moonsault off the top rope. Yeah. Lord. That's, um, it's on my list. Trust me, guys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging, or I'm not sandbagging on it, but. Oh no! We, I know you're. We know you're busy. I just. It, yeah. I'm. I'm glad that Matt finally saw it though, because I. I was curious. It what blew the, my mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I. I was entertained. I liked it. I don't understand. <laughs> like I don't understand how he's doing the things he was doing. No, I was like, I my my wife was somewhere and I was texting her about it. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Like you don't know what you're watching. You know it's like it, it it's just crazy. It is. It, not, and I will say it's not the best match of all time, but it is it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I mean kudos to him like he, he's a dude at 50 years old reinvented himself and just signed uh, I think an exclusive potentially like long term, at least probably like yeah. I would guess 2-3 years a contract with Ring of Honor and like word behind the scenes is that 
he he's signed with them and it's one of the best contracts he says of his entire career and that's kind of fascinating considering he worked for the WWF which it was at the time and he also signed with WCW back when they were just like throwing money at people yeah yeah so good for him I, th- I think that this one's pretty well locked then. <laughs> really, Chad? You don't have a. You don't have look, a what what could I come up? What could I come up with to compete with that? I can think of two people. Go for it. Uh, one would be like an obvious one, besides PCO, and even besides Jericho. Uh, comeback of the year because when we started the year, we started the calendar year of 2018, thinking this guy would never step foot in the ring again, and that would be. Daniel Bryan, Curtin. Oh, uh, God, you're right. And then all of a sudden, we were hearing reports. Holy crap. Yeah, if you remember, we started hearing reports like, oh, he may get cleared. And when I, when I heard yeah. that, I'm like, that's got to be like some stupid rumor. Yeah. It, Same it's rumor. funny. Yeah. I'm in this place, right? I was in this headspace where it's like, Daniel Bryan's wrestling again. Well, of course Daniel Bryan's wrestling. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> when, yes, there was a time when he wasn't, but that seems like it was so long ago. And... uh you're right, golly! Yeah, to have him back. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before. I was there at Mania. He got by far the biggest pop in the entire arena. Now, of course, it was a special moment because he's coming back. Uh, yeah, for being on the shelf potentially, like people thought forever, or at least in the WWE. Like, and there was always rumors that once his contract was up, that he would try and work on the indies, but. Uh, was able to come back still working they just put the title on him and he's yet again kind of reinvented and he's literally like one more concussion probably from them not well, allowing him to it, it, end, but. who did i was it i don't know if it was jericho's or austin's podcast i was listening to him talk about everything he went through on it there's a he has a whole story about all the treatment stuff he went through that's really fascinating, and um, spending time in in you know an oxygen chamber and stuff like that. That's you know he he in order for him to come back he had to make an agreement to undergo a special concussion protocol. So after every match they check they, like he gets a real thorough um, he gets a real thorough checkup uh, in the back. So I don't know he may he may have a a long run ahead of him. Um, but yeah, for, for someone who was so popular and it was taken away from him at the worst time for him to come back, that's, yeah, that's really special. I'm just, wow. Who was your other, uh, who was your other uh, mention there, Matt? Well, it's it's actually the biggest comeback of the year. Like more than PCO, more than Daniel Bryan. Epico Cologne. Well, Epico would be a good pick, but that's not who I'm <laughs> talking about. Can't All believe right. none of you guys thought of this. this I'm blanking, like, man. I'm just blanking out. Another man who calendar year yeah, 18. Oh, incidentally, callback, my tag team pick of the year. I, I realized, forget the Young Bucks. It's the Colognes. They go in that spot. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but what were you going to say, Matt? Uh, the person who we began calendar year 2018, never thinking we'd see him in a ring again. But yet he's come back and he's setting the world on fire. Wait a minute. That would be former WCW. WCW. Take, 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 oh. take on it, man. 
Daggone, you're on fire with this one. So, it's true, like, for people who aren't aware, David Arquette has returned to wrestling. He came back um, at a championship wrestling from Hollywood match. I think the match was, like, three minutes long, but that was back in, like, July. Uh, but has subsequently had at least a couple more matches, including most recently a month ago, a very uh, kind of internet infamous Oh, yeah. A death match with Nick Nick Gage, who, for those who don't know Nick Gage, Nick Gage is having some weird like career uh, resurgence. But Nick Gage is like a bad. <laughs> Nick he, Gage well, literally has been in prison for armed robbery. I I don't think it's so much a career resurgence as he got out of prison. <laughs> yes, but he's he's booked, been booked in a lot of places. It's a lot of it's that game changer wrestling, like. But that's what that's what the Joey Janela shows get booked under the banner of so i think that's like and he gets booked on those yeah uh but yeah he's back he's actually apparently he, done training I, Go ahead. I i looked that up what did he he like robbed like a bank truck didn't he it was like some it serious... was something i thought he just robbed a bank itself but i, I looked that it was up years ago let me look i, I want to know because of legal issues man Matt, just on fire with the comeback stuff. That's oh, he just robbed a bank. Yeah, <laughs> went to so he went to went to with his girlfriend to gamble at um, Atlantic C- City afterwards, and then surrendered himself. I, he wasn't even like bright about it. Like he, I think he he didn't even wear like a mask or anything. He just walked to a bank, robbed it. He got five years and served eighty five percent of it. Wow. Yeah, he's a rough character, basically. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's that was either very brave or very dumb of Arquette to do. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I actually have a lot of weird, like, mad respect for David Arquette. Like, he got, he actually has been training to be a wrestler, has been stepping in the ring and doing it for, I presume, no other reason that this is just what he's into. Yeah, um, yeah and he's he's getting respect from wrestling fans because he's kind of putting in his dues it's crazy yeah yeah he really is he's working hard um as far as i'm concerned dude has you know dude has earned his stripes yeah so all right matt thank you for bringing if if you're gonna bring those two up (laughs) i myself I'd, i'd have to give mine to brian just because of everything that goes into it but those are those are really good picks thank you for you guys are so excited about the pco thing it it, like it crowded everything else out of my head it's it's hard to not be excited about pco after that match though because like i said it just the spectacle of it is hard to get out of your mind all right so our next corny it you haven't gotten the joke for corners podcast but it's also fun to attribute it to corny um is most improved. Now, I'm actually going to go first on this one because what I'm doing is I'm taking another pick and I'm slotting it here. Um, I am actually most improved. I'm putting Becky Lynch here because um, Becky went from even not not even appearing on TV very often uh, and still being crazy popular. Like, amazingly popular whenever she'd show up, to going from Becky Lynch last kicker to now Becky Lynch the man has just been this 
has been one of the cases of being so, you know, being so good for the kind of impact she's been making. And, you know, she's, she's more savage on Twitter than the Wendy's account is. So, uh, it's just, it's just been amazing to watch. And I am, I, I just want, I want to see this just fly like a, you know, a, a women's Steve Austin thing. Just, just like redefine so much about what's going on there. And since we already talked about that, I'll go ahead and hand the ball off to, uh, to Matt. Uh, I think she's a good pick um, because she didn't start off the year. Like you didn't think that she we'd get to this, we'd be at this point at the end of the year talking about Becky as like the hottest act in the WWE. Yeah, like that. <clears throat> that kind of took me by surprise. Um, so I think that's a perfectly like acceptable pick. Like it, it kind of, I think it fits well within those parameters. Um, for me, I'm basing it my pick purely on just I, I I've seen the growth in this individual. Uh, I think both in the ring and kind of even more developing his character and making his character like someone really fascinating to watch. Uh, and that would be Velveteen Dream in NXT. Mm, okay. uh, That's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Started uh started the sh- the the year off <clears throat> uh still kind of like obviously they were pushing him, but very much still in the undercard uh, face off against uh, Cassius Ono. And then here we are towards the end of the year. He's progressed enough that he's, you know, challenging for the the title and was unsuccessful, but he's definitely, I can definitely see like the improvement he's been making. Like his character is on point. Like his promos are great. He's, uh, he has like an it factor to him. Um, The crowd is like crazy for him now. Uh, his ring work has been really good. Uh, it's gotten better. I feel. I mean, it, it helps that he's been working with some tremendous workers. Uh, yeah, he he did have that egg against EC3, but I think yeah, I think he's just not ready to carry a match yet, which isn't really a knock against him. Yeah, because that match he had with Ricochet in June was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the other call ups, he was kind of he went to Twitter and was kind of trying to get people to on social media that to hype Vince into bringing him up too, but he's a guy who I think would be better served uh, remaining in developmental for a little bit longer. Although I worry that they're going to screw him up when they bring him up. I do too. I can easily see them bringing him up maybe after mania, which would mean that he's only going to be in developmental another like four months or so. But, uh, and I do worry because I think he's someone who he's super young and tremendously talented, so he you would think that he has like a huge upside, but it's kind of like dependent upon whether he they kind of understand his gimmick. And yeah. I yeah, that's that's a dodgy proposition. It's it, I mean, people in NXT do obviously, but I think it's very questionable. I mean, they didn't get the whites when they brought them up, so yeah, yeah, that worries me. That's the thing that bothers me is that there are so many cases where the gimmick is smarter than the people who are supposed to be writing for it. And, you know, Dreams has an aspect of nuance to it, right? It's not just like, oh, this is is a guy who does a thing. Like, there's more to it than that. And I 
I don't think they'll get it. I, I want them to, but he really doesn't have a character. He's just him. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fair point. <clears throat> that's a fair point. So, Brad, uh, who would your most improved be? So, um, I had to think about this one a bit. I didn't even think of Dream, which I think is a really good choice, actually. But, um, so, he went from someone I didn't really give a crap about. Um, didn't really go out of my way to watch his matches. Didn't care about him. And then starting at the beginning of the year... Um, really started to see some changes in him, really developed like his persona. And I, while he still isn't amazing in the ring, he's had some good matches this year and I think he's come a long way, but I am going to go with Cody as my okay. pick of the year. Okay. Because, um, I was really touched by that article they wrote about him right before all in about how him kind of like stepping out of his father's shadow by like embracing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's my pick, Cody. I think he's gone from someone that I didn't give a rat's ass about to someone who I truly enjoy. And not only is he doing, like, this work in ring, but he's been doing so much out of the ring, too, in in such a huge way. Like, he's been stepping up his game a lot. He's a great choice. I think he, uh, ring-wise, I think he has improved a ton, which, again, it's, that's... It's, he's helped by the fact that he's working with like tremendous talents. I mean, Omega, uh, some of these other guys in Ring of Honor, New Japan. Like he, he's improved a lot. I feel beyond that, uh, character-wise, I feel like he finally, if you want to style it like stepping out of his father's shadow, I guess. Um, I just think that he, he kind of gets who he's supposed to be now. Um, it, it helps, like, Brandy really helps him a lot. Like, the two of them she together does. are tremendous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've just got... Like, I just... I enjoy them because they're just such fucking douches. That's why they're uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They all kind of all are. Um, and there's a lot of, like, skits, and it's kind of goofy. But uh, Cody is... All, like tremendously entertaining on that show because he's just like he's such as just asshole to everyone and uh, there's a <clears throat> there's like a long standing storyline on the show uh, about how he hates Flip Gordon from Ring of Honor partly b- because Flip Gordon um, has like a, a crush on Brandy which Cody doesn't really take kindly to but there's a, a then the latest one. The latest being the elite, which is predominantly about, um, basically implies you know they're done with Ring of Honor. But uh, <laughs> there's a great scene where Cody just leans in, like Flip is giving him a hug, like saying like oh you know goodbye, and Cody just leans in and he like whispers in his ear, and like the camera zooms in, <laughs> and Cody just goes, "I hope you fucking die," <laughs> and, <laughs> and then pushes him back. And, like, is smiling, like, clapping his hands, like, giving him a thumbs up. And, like, everyone just thinks, oh, that's nice. You know, Cody and Flip, they buried the hatchet. <laughs> awesome. And it's, like, little tidbits like that that he's added to his, like, personality and everything. It's just, it's actually made him well-rounded. Uh, so, yeah. Great pick. Yeah. And my, my favorite moment of him this year is from Wrestle Kingdom when 
she fakes getting hurt and Kota Ibushi's like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then, like, she fakes him out and, like, Cody, like, punches him out and they just, like, give each other this, like, lovey look at each other. <laughs> and, like, their smug happiness that they tricked him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> that's that's one thing that I feel like that that's so many people miss uh, nowadays is that <clears throat> having a manager can let you just do so much more as opposed to it's just someone on the outside that yells for you and occasionally does a spot for you. Like there can be so much that goes into that. I'm going to compare them to like uh, Maria and Mike Bennett. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, they, they, they're a, they're an act, but they don't like mesh. Like there's a certain way that like Brandy and Cody play off each other. That's just stupendous. Mm hmm. Like there's a chemistry there that's really hard to duplicate. It, they they have chemistry like Lana and Rusev do. Okay. Okay. That's rude. All right. I think that's good uh, comparison. Okay, we move on to our next corny, and it is for uh, match of the year. Now I want to I want to go ahead and. and say my match of the year because um, I think you know you guys have beaten me to some that I would have picked so I want to get one out there first Um, so pardon me on that but uh, mine is going to be from uh, the unsanctioned rivalry the the first grudge match between Ciampa and Gargano Um, just I thought it was the I thought it was amazing. I loved watching it. Um, this spot where they pulled up the the mats at ringside, and then they they teased and messed around that for like fifteen minutes before they paid off on that on that build for it. And then whenever Chumpa took the power bomb from the apron to the bare floor, the crowd is so into it they start chanting, "You deserve it." It was just an amazing match to watch, and it's it's what a grudge match I think should look like. That's a really solid pick. I was sitting here for a second; and it was quiet, and I was I'm thinking, "Oh, they're mad at me for picking that one before they." No, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna pick, if you're gonna pick like some of the best matches of the year, like that's you could really kind of put any of. Uh, <clears throat> any of their matches um, in contention, but that one I would, I would agree is is pretty much the best of the of the three. I like had. I like that one for a number of reasons. the The first is that um, I don't like the revisits. I, I feel like you've had the blood feud, you've had the the big blow off on it. I don't like revisiting blood feud payoffs after that's been done. Um, I don't it feels like it takes away from the earlier ones. But there's such good character work in this, along with the technical work that goes into it. Plus, there's some later ones. The Was it the finish of the street fight that was just absolutely stupid? Um, that just, uh, oh, it took so much away from it for me. That was, um, that was the the... The missed running knee or the backfired running knee one, I think. Is that the second one or the third one? I'm I can't remember. Um, but 
that one on it that just that took me out of it so badly. It, to me, that was awful. I couldn't get past that. It, it was like the Thunderdome, which I just can't get beyond either. So, um, yeah, I, the first one though, mm, loved the first one. It was great. So, Matt, what's uh, what's your match of the year pick? Uh, I will. Uh, I'm actually so my the criteria I intentionally set for myself for this. Mm-hmm. A particular award. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to give it to the match that uh, to a match I've seen because there's there's plenty of talk out there for some really great matches, and I don't doubt that some of the matches that a lot of people are hyping is the match of the year, several matches of the year in their book. Like they, I'm sure those matches are great, but if mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, I don't think it's fair for me to like throw that up there as my my personal pick okay um, so i'm gonna go with only matches that i've seen and unfortunately like there's a ton of great uh japanese stuff that i haven't had a chance to see mm-hmm. but based upon <clears throat> the matches i have seen i'm going to choose as mine uh gargano and almas oh take over okay. philadelphia yeah uh, way back in january uh, yeah that one was pretty crazy Absolutely tremendous match went like half an hour. Um, I we kind of I mean it was, it was easy to expect going into that match that it was going to be a good match because both guys were very talented. But mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of blown away at just how good it actually was. Right, um, it was right. like a sleeper match to me, and it kind of continued. It sort of set the trend that NXT has generally been following. That it's NXT has the best matches of whatever weekend it it's on like that was a that was rumble weekend i think and yeah this match yeah this match was clearly like the best match of that weekend what's it say that two of our best match picks have the same guy i mean yeah we talked we mentioned it uh tonight about you know they could bring him up Uh, i think i mean he's such a talented guy like yeah What's it say that he had two five-star matches this year and he didn't make any of our Wrestler of the Year picks? It's been crazy. Well, (laughs) because the way I look at it is you have to have more than just, like, to say having two five-star matches, which is staggering, don't get me wrong, but just that by itself isn't enough because for me, a Wrestler of the Year is I'm looking for consistency, I'm looking for um, you know long term, that sort of stuff, and I'm not saying Gargano doesn't have that. I just but I didn't think it was at the same level that the Champa feud. The Champa feud kind of died a horrible death over the summer. It that that's what when Matt and I were, were talking about why I liked the first um, the the first of their matches is to have to keep coming back to it. I feel like cheapens it. If it's supposed to be that kind of, yes, they still hate each other, but to keep coming back to it as another blood feud blow off. There's something so definitive about their first match. Oh, well, it's because it does everything right. Yeah. It does everything right. You have all of this going on. You have this big spot that just punishes Ciampa. (laughs) And Gargano 
succeeds. The scrappy baby face that everybody wants to get behind succeeds, and everybody is pulling for him, and it's awesome. And then you start messing with that and doing stuff, and like the second or third one where it might have been the third one. I know we talked about it, but where Gargano loses because he just has to knee Ciampa in the face one more time and, you know, loses the match because of it. Because he wily coyoted off the side? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Now, Matt, I don't know if if you'd heard this too, but I'd heard the story that after the um, Almas-Gargano match, Gargano got to the back and didn't think it. He just thought they'd had pretty good but nothing special match and other people were just telling him about how amazing it was and he was confused well that's uh it's good that he has that humility yeah yeah um, well i hope he was quickly informed no it was uh, absolutely outstanding <laughs> so you know he's um so funny story about johnny gargano so there used to be a, a promotion that aired on like it's called Sports Time Ohio, but it's pretty much like Cleveland's version of Fox Sports. And they used to, to air a promotion called Cleveland All-Pro Wrestling in the mid-2000s, and a 19-year-old Johnny Gargano would wrestle for them. Oh, wow. And I saw him wrestle a couple times, and he had some good matches. I don't remember who they were with, but he had a couple really good matches, and I looked at him, and I was like, you know what? That guy has something special. Like, I don't know if WWE would ever sign him, but, like, he could be a star for someone. And I've been proven right pretty much every step of the way with him. Some people just, they've got it. They've, they've just got it. And that's really special. Uh, Brad, what's your match of the year? So this, is, this was actually a really hard one this year because I agree with both of your picks. Like those, the Gargano and Ciampa match was really good. The Gargano almost match was amazing. And then you have stuff like some of the G1 matches. I think Tanahashi and Ibushi was really good. But, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, and there's a legitimate debate if it's the best match ever wrestled, and I think it deserves recognition with um, Okada versus Omega 4 from Dominion. Okay. If, if I had seen that, it probably would have been my top, but I didn't think it was fair to, to throw yeah. that out there. It's, it's pretty much a two out of three falls match that goes over an hour. You know, it pays off their previous matches, and it just does. I mean, it's just a really good match. Okay. I, I have not gotten to see it, so. I know. It's, it's like an hour and 15 minutes, so that's a lot. And, I mean, it really, it was, there's something satisfying about be like them building something enough that you get the satisfaction of Omega finally getting that IWGP win. Mm-hmm. That's um Yeah, I I know I'd heard about he finally got the payoff for his big win, which I know had to be a um had to be uh sad, you know, gratifying. So I'm I'm not casting out. I'm just I haven't seen it, so I don't know what to. All right. So for this next one, um, this next one is show of the year, 
And I'm going to go in the reverse order of what we did on the last one. So, Brad, I'll let you lead off with the show of the year. And uh, tell me what you think. The logical answer for me is New Japan's Dominion. Um, It was just a match with um, pretty much top to bottom good matches. But that's actually not my pick because I'm going to go with the show that I enjoyed the most this year and Mm -hmm. the show that... Um, this I'm looking forward to the sequel this year, and that is Joey Janela's Spring Break Two. Oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to go through the card for you guys just so you can you can see you can um kind of experience the uniqueness. Uh-huh. So it started off with a six way match with um, DJ Z, Gringo Loco, Kyle the Beast, Teddy Hart, Eli Everfly, and Tony Deppen. Then we have a singles match with Matt Riddle and James Ellsworth. Then we have the mentioned insane as fuck Walter versus PCO match. Um, Pentagon Jr. versus Nick Gage. Mike Quackenbush versus David Starr. The clusterfuck, which we won't get into that other than to say um, anyone and everyone was in that. Mm -hmm. And then our main event. The Great Sasuke versus Joey Janela. Hmm. With a drunk Virgil coming to the ring and muttering something and then going to the back. <laughs> that does sound like a fun show. And that's so, the big thing, is it, is it being fun? So the reason I picked this is, like, you it's just fun. It's just a bunch of dumb, like, crazy stuff thrown together. Like, it was a really memorable crowd. Um, the drunken announcers were really fun like my wife watched this with me and you know she's not necessarily a wrestling fan but to to um to to tell you the quality of the show she asked me if they do this all the time and i said no they only do it like once a year and my wife was like actually visibly disappointed that they didn't do this regularly yeah because, I mean, when I say the announcers are getting drunk, I mean, they had to send someone out, like, in the main event to get them to, like, settle down. <laughs> uh, I did not have a chance to, to see this show um, live. Uh, but it apparently this was one of the shows that ended at, like, 2, 3 in the morning. Oh, I think oh, this wow. ended at, like, 4 in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I had uh, a couple acquaintances who went to the show and i was asking them about it uh and the next day they were kind of like uh, we all did a ring of honor that that saturday night and they were hurting basically like they they have been up really late watching wrestling and getting drunk and did not have a whole lot of time to recover but i'll throw out a couple of names that were in the clusterfuck just to give you a taste it had mikey whipwreck um dan severin and wow. uh, Swoggle, and it was won by the Invisible Man. After after the Invisible Man took that pile driver, wow, that's yeah. they forgot about him, and then the guy thought he won, and he got rolled up and pinned. <laughs> that's so stupid. I can't help but laugh. Oh man! All right, Matt, what's your show of the year? <laughs> um, well, just a. To kind of put a, a period on the Joey Janela show, um, it, I mean this this show did a lot for him. Uh, J- Joey Janela's Spring Break Three 
uh, sold out within like 15 minutes. Wow. So that's going to be happening Mania weekend. Uh, I think that's Friday night. And it was so successful that he was doing a second show the next day. So it'll, it'll be that Saturday. Also, he put tickets up at this past Friday, I think, also sold out like 15 minutes. Uh, and this is, a, he's not selling out like a 20,000 seat stadium, but still, like, a lot of people are interested in seeing how he's going to top himself. So he could probably he could probably do three thousand easy. I think he probably could. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a good pick for show of the year. It's it's not going to be the biggest show, um, but from like an entertainment like just crazy perspective, that's a great pick. Yeah this this will be if I buy one show from Mania Weekend and pay full price for like pay the fifteen bucks for up front it's going to be this show mm. and I won't regret I won't regret a single cent of it. Oh, that's a that's a pretty uh, ringing endorsement. So okay, so I guess I should I should put one in too, right? That would probably be for the best, but see the the thing that I run into is that there are going to be no matter what show I watch, there are things I look at and I feel like could probably be have more potential behind them or something like that. So, not to be um, you know not to be a downer because I try and be positive about stuff, but for me. For the stuff I've gotten to watch, that's the other stipulation. For the stuff I've gotten to watch this year, I'm probably going to have to go back to Royal Rumble. Because with everything that happened over the course of this year and what happened at Royal Rumble, it was the show that I felt like did the most right. Um, Let me go pull that back up real quick so I can uh, speak with a little bit more authority on this. Because... There have been so many shows that I've watched this year that have just, just really frustrated me. Um, so, you know, you, you had some pre-show stuff, six-man tag. You had pre-show, you had six-man of Callisto Metallic and Lynn Storato over TJP, Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak. Okay, fine. Uh, revival over uh, Gallows and Anderson. Cool. Uh, Rude over Mojo Raleigh, which I think effectively kind of put the nail in, in this that odd Mojo Raleigh heel run, which uh, just seems so uncharacteristic to me, especially after how Mojo had been built. Um, AJ Styles defeated Owens and Zayn, Sami Zayn in a handicap match for the championship, which was a lot of fun to watch because you add in that it was that and there's a lot more tension. Um Usos over Gable and Benjamin, two out of three falls match was fun to watch. Uh, Nakamura winning the Rumble was really cool. Um, the Bar defeating <laughs> defeating Rollins and Jason Jordan was a fun match to watch. That had a good story. And then it was Lesnar versus Kane and Strowman, which was booked correctly to keep everybody looking strong and and keep the story continuing. And then Oscar winning the. Uh, the women's rumble. So you had lots of really cool stuff happen. That was really fun. That was really interesting. Um, and, and you didn't, they didn't, 
piss the crowd off in a way to um, like you know send them home unhappy. So that would be my pick. Even it doesn't quite have the character of of, of uh, what you guys have said, but. That's a good pick. I think that's one of my favorite uh, WWE shows of the year. Yeah. It, uh, I right. do miss WCW shows sometimes, though, because it just don't feel the same. But go ahead, Matt. Uh, so uh, as much as I enjoy Joy Janelle's, um, that was not my pick for show of the year. Mm. Um, my pick, uh, this had a lot of great matches, but just from, I guess, an impact uh, on how it affected the industry. I, mm-hmm. I honestly feel show of the year needs to go to uh, all in the show promoted by the bucks, Cody, the elite bullet club, however you want to style them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, yep. Go ahead. I pretty much started uh, in like mid 2017. Uh, when someone asked Dave Meltzer on Twitter if uh, if Ring of Honor or any other kind of smaller promotion, non WWE promotion, basically could sell ten thousand tickets, and Meltzer was like, "Nope, it's not going to happen anytime soon." Uh, and the Young Bucks basically responded to him on Twitter saying, "You know, challenge accepted." Mm-hmm. And then they proceeded to work over the next <clears throat> the next year to actually make that happen. Uh, was able to set something up for September. 2018. Uh, I think that's Memorial. I think it's Memorial Day weekend. It was Labor Day weekend. Oh, Labor Day weekend. Sorry, I was getting my um, holidays mixed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did it. And not only did they do it, they sold out. And it was it was it was even over ten thousand. It was over uh, eleven thousand people in attendance. Like while the successful show, they got sponsored. I think, <laughs> I think they could have. I think they could have done twenty thousand. Honestly, they probably could have. Um, but they they did it. They not only did that. They they were sponsored for the event. They sold out all their merchandise. Like overall, it was an independent wrestling show. That now obviously they had the benefit of having like Ring of Honor stars. They themselves were stars. Uh, they had IWG Peach guys. But still, point is the same. Like they they did something that no one really thought was possible in this landscape. Uh, and because of that, because of the success, it's kind of changed things. Like now, they're in a position to maybe even form their own company. I'm sure they'll be all in too, um, which no doubt will be successful. It's just tremendously like amazing what they did, and the show itself was good. And it had it had some good matches. Uh, I think the best match on the show, from like a total package of like the story it told and the emotional impact, was the. The Cody Nick Aldis NWA Championship match. Yeah, yeah, I think that had a lot of uh, that. That to me, I like. I love that match. And you, people, including myself, you, you genuinely had like a legit like emotional reaction when Cody won the title. And it had Glacier. It, it did have <laughs> by Glacier. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my uh, pick for show of the year. I think like they did something that I didn't think was possible. And not only did they do it, they did it like like. All, they almost made it seem easy. So yeah, and you know what else? I mean, because it goes back to our celebrity wrestling episode from the summer. Stephen Amell had a good match at that show. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, I wanted to say, Matt, I had actually considered saying all in two, but I I hadn't gotten to watch it just for the just for the impact that you mentioned. I mean, that's yeah. really special. 
So um, I will say for those who maybe didn't get didn't get a chance to see it, uh, it at last I checked, it was thrown up on uh, New Japan World about a month ago, month maybe oh, two. Okay. Yeah. So if anyone who uh, who has that service or wants to sign up for that service, it's on there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, New Japan World's really good at getting like. If their guys work like Rev Pro or something, getting those matches and putting them on the service. Yeah, I had to look because I think it has. I think it actually has the the full card. I don't think it just has the New Japan guy show. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's pretty much the entire card. I'd have to double check hmm. that though. Okay. All right, that's a really good choice, Matt. Thank you for. Thank I completely for... forgot about that when I was like going through my list I, I i didn't forget about it but i didn't feel like in good faith i could pick it so i think it shows the diversity that this year had like outside of the wwe that there were i mean i know that the 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 spring break was like such a smaller show but the fact that like there's these there's these events that are getting such traction just because of being good and unique is yeah. a really like encouraging sign yeah it's the fact that you have many different styles um doing so well just kind of wait for something to kick off that boom period again all right and the last one we have is promotion of the year um so guys what do you think what's the promotion of the year I say, Matt, you go first. All right, Matt. What do you have for promotion of the year? <laughs> um, I think people can probably infer where at least Brad and I would probably go with this. Um, yeah. I would say just in terms of how popular they've become, <clears throat> like the level of uh, quality they're putting out, <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, how, uh, how they've made a lot of inroads in last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the American markets, but I would say New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, they're just putting out tremendous content, like some of the best matches yeah. of the year, um, and they're really they're they're in part helping kind of fun like fuel this resurgency of of wrestling that's going on. If you're if you're a fan of wrestling, like they're in a big part kind of helping facilitate that. Because uh, we don't, we try not to be too negative, but it's sure that sure isn't being like pushed by the WWE at the moment. Because the thing with New Japan too is, you might find like in isolation a match that's better than the best New Japan match Mm. in that promotion, but you can't you can't combat like just the volume of good matches coming out of New Japan. Yeah, um, you guys are both saying New Japan. I, I have not gotten to, to watch it, but that means that I cannot, uh, in good faith, I cannot um, say that, that WWE should be. There's no way I can say that, especially the way they're bleeding. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of bend the rules a little bit. Um, what promotion am I excited about? I'm excited about the possibility of uh, AEW of uh, Cody and the Bucks potentially starting one and seeing what could happen with it and uh, just 
the potential there. Um, I know I'm I'm cheating, but uh, I haven't I haven't gotten to watch much in the way of New Japan stuff. So that's what mine's going to be, isn't it? Just I, I'm I'm so excited of the possibility of of you know having someone who could grow into a big competitor and stuff like that. It's it's a very exciting uh, concept for me. I'm going to throw out an honorable mention because they were not the best promotion of the year, but they, they deserve recognition for really turning a dead product around and putting out a really quality show this year. And that's impact wrestling. That's that. Yeah, I would agree. That's, that's actually very fair. As soon as you started, uh, as soon as you started saying, um, the, uh, as soon as you started saying turned it around, I was like, he's, he's going to say impact. So that's going to be uh, really but cool. They, yeah. they, um, it's a promotion that finally like kind of figured it out. They're not using a lot of retreads. They're taking, they're taking a lot of like hot names off the Indies, you know, borrowing guys from other promotions like Lucha underground. And they're just putting on a quality product every week. Good mm-hmm. wrestling. Good. Um, good characters like it's just it's like night and day compared to what like a lot of impacts history has been so sure you get pop tv they're worth a watch every week in my opinion very cool all right and uh well it brings us to the end of the cornies the the first annual um Four Corners Award Show. So, we hope you all have enjoyed this with us. We uh, we want to hear. What do you think? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you think that uh, we missed something? Please hit us up on our various social media platforms and tell us about it. We want to hear from you. We'll be looking forward to it. And um, guys, is there anything else you want to finish this off with? Yep, we do have a postscript to the cornies, which is talking about giving kind of a quick rundown of the first major wrestling show of the year, which looks absolutely insane on paper. So we're talking a little Wrestle Kingdom 13 here. So I'm just going to run down the card for us. So we have Kenny Omega defending the IWGP title against Hiroshi Tanahashi, um, which is actually kind of a unique matchup because they haven't wrestled much. Then we have... um, Chris Jericho defending the Intercontinental Championship against uh, Naito. I believe Shad watched their um, one of their promo packages for that, or their kind of like scuffle from a couple. Their, days li- ago. their little uh, their little press press conference about it. Yeah, what did you think of that as someone that isn't <laughs> as exposed to the product? Well, let me put it this way: you can tell that um, that Jericho knows what what gets heat in Japan because he rode that pony into the ground. Um, you can, you can tell they're building heat on that. They're, they're trying to just, just build this up. And the, um, you said it was Nido. Yeah. Nido's response to the way Jericho was just absolutely cussing him out was fun to watch because he just stayed so cool. He's just like Jericho, son. 
and then he just, spit water just at him. chill, just just chill, just chill. By the way, um, I always always enjoy doing that sort of thing. So it was, yeah. I mean, you you see that, and you're like, hmm, there's some heat there. There's some heat there. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Then we have, um, I think, uh, I think Matt's going to be interested in this next one, which is Okada versus Jay White. And then um, Kushida defending the junior title against um, Ishimori. Mm-hmm. Are you there, Matt? Yeah, I am actually interested in the Okada Jay White match because they've actually done a pretty good job building it. The the ghetto turn was really good. And I, I say that as someone who's not even like that sold on Jay White. Yeah, yeah, I he's he's got to get some stuff together at the ring. Yeah. He's he's growing on me. Yeah. <clears throat> speaking speaking of uh two guys that have grown on me tremendously in about the last calendar year, Cody defends the United States Championship against Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. And now, I would more attribute it to last year for Juice, but he went from someone that I could give a rat's ass about to being someone that I truly enjoy to watch. I would agree. Um, so before I actually knew who he was, like I would see Juice Robinson in uh, like results when I would read results, like on uh, the Observer or something like that. And then I found out that it was none other than than the previous uh, C.J. Parker from NXT. And I'm like, you're kidding me. But then I actually started watching him. And yeah, like I've seen he's one who he he could be like you could throw him in there for like most improved. Yeah, he's his his promos are good. Like his he's developed the character. Um, his ring work is getting really good. His his comebacks are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like he's got good someone, punches too. Yeah, he's someone that he he's like Cody and that he left and bet on himself and came out a winner. Yeah. Uh, how was his tag team in the G one this year with Finley? Uh, they were pretty good actually. I like them a lot. How would you rate him versus the previous year when he was tagging with uh? With what's his face? Who was he tagging with last year? Uh, God, why can't I remember his name? Um, oh, who? Oh, uh, Sammy Callahan. Oh, I don't like Sammy Callahan. I would rate it better. I I was rooting for them in the tournament, even though I knew they wouldn't win. They meshed really well together. Mm, okay. But I like I like um. I like Finley though, and I don't really like Sammy Callahan that much. So, I'm biased. Okay. So then, up next we have for a three-way for the tag team belts, which is the Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tonga Lua <clears throat> against Evil and Sonata and the Young Bucks. Should be a good match. Um, I I have a. They're not great in the ring, but I have a love of the gorillas. They are they're they're not terrible. If you were to take them and put them in the ring with like the bar or the new day or the Usos, 
like they're not as good as those teams, but no. they're they're compelling and they can have good matches. They're one of those teams too where their music hits and you just know some shit's about to go down. <laughs> yeah, I actually am a little surprised that that the WWE hasn't tried to poach them because I think like just as characters and because they could be like crazy. Like I think that they'd be really interesting in the WWE, but I guess they have it for Shadow. In case you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the the gorillas of destiny, uh, the Tongans are they're basically they're the sons of Haku. Uh, okay. Uh, in fact, one of them was Camacho in the WWE. That's Tonga Loa, and then uh, Tama Tonga is technically not like a he's not a blood uh, son, but he's. Uh, He's adopted. Okay. I think Taku's actually like his uncle. I just get concerned whenever I start hearing about people related to Haku and they're called the Gorillas of Destiny. I'm just, um, I'll be real careful with what I say because I don't want (laughs) to. They they spell it like like War Gorilla, like you know, like. I always like how um, how Tama has to take the camera and hump it when he comes out. Oh yeah, that always cracks me up. He uh, he had a, a <laughs> I almost shouldn't share this story, but he had a really funny tweet the other day. Um, because I guess uh, it, their question was posed on Twitter, like like wrestlers out there, like what is something that like you know the fans don't know about like you and. Tamatanga's response was that, oh, like a few days ago, I was about to go out. Uh, me and uh, my partner were about to go out for our tag match, and I let loose a really nasty fart, <laughs> and it felt weird. And so I had him look at my backside, and he was like, "Nah, brother, you're all good." <laughs> and it's like he literally made a shark joke. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're coming down to like some of the. Earlier matches. Now, this next one, I am pumped for this one, which is Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. I think that one's going to be off the charts, but I'm an, I'm, I am love Ishii. He's great. The little, the little football that beats people up. Then we have a three-way for the junior tag titles, which is Suzuki Gun, which is Kanemaru and El Desperado versus Rapungi 3K and against Bushi and Shingo. Um, that'll be fun, but who cares about the junior titles? Mm-hmm. And then we have this one I think will be really fun, which is Ibushi defending the never weight belt against Will Osprey. That's a match that, if not for the fact that you have at least probably three other, what are going to be like at least three other really good matches, maybe four. Like this could be like show stealer. Yeah. And then we have like a big... It's a gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the six-man belt. So that's Michael Elgin, Jeff Cobb, and David Finley versus Hangman Page, Takahashi, and Marty Skrull uh, against Goto, Beretta, and Chucky e. T. Um, which, by the way, I'm excited to have Chuck Taylor in New Japan. Suzuki Gun, which is Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and Davey Boy Smith Jr. against Taguchi, 
Maccabi and Toru Yano. Which, I have to say, Maccabi is not a great wrestler, but I love every, how every match he has to give someone the finger and be like, fuck you, and do that like crazy little laugh of his. Hmm. There's... Yeah. Good character work is just it's good as gold and that's something that i think a lot of guys there some guys will miss so i'm talking to indie guys here i'm not talking about pro guys so it's so, that's wrestle kingdom i am super excited about it so hopefully we can talk a little bit about it when we come back for next year and um if you if you don't have New Japan World, I would say give it a shot. It's not very expensive. And I think um, Wrestle Kingdom 13 will be worth the price of admission alone. All right. Well, guys, here we are. This is the, the end of the cornies and our look ahead. Thank you all for joining us. I'm Shed here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. And thanks for joining us.